Live from the bridge at the Launchpad Studios in Huntington, New York, it's Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Cardboard Memories, Clearview, Long Island, the law firm of Decalator, Cohen, and DePrisco, the Phoenix Tube Company, Pims Incorporated, fueling brand performance for 30 years, Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, and Soho Table Hockey. Here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who has been the official photographer of Madison Square Garden for over a half a century. His work has been exhibited at the Museum of Modern Art, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the International Center of Photography, the Olympus Plaza Gallery, as well as on huge billboards in New York City's Times Square, drawing the attentions of millions of passers-by every day. He is the author of 10 books, 1,000 covers, and photographed almost 10,000 events. He has been honored with the highest award you can win in photography industry with the PMDA's International Photographer of the Year, as well as many other awards. This coming month, he will add to that impressive list as he will receive the Basketball Hall of Fame Kurt Gowdy Award for his outstanding contributions to basketball. It is an absolute privilege to welcome Long Island's own Mr. George Kalinsky to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, George. Thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure. And uh, your buildup uh, was very interesting. I, I, I'm saying to myself, that's me. I had to leave a lot out because it's just the, the resume is in, impressive. But I have to tell you, all right, so I am a huge Seinfeld fan. And it, for me, it was just so fitting that your name is George because your path to becoming the official photographer of Madison Square Garden just kind of reminded me of a George Costanza moment when he becomes, you know, works for the Yankees. Can you tell our audience how a 1965 vacation and the Fifth Street gym in Miami changed your life? Well, I was in Florida on a vacation, a combination of vacation, and I was interviewing for a job as the sports and political cartoonist for the uh, Miami Herald. And uh, my, we were walking around Fifth Street downtown, and uh, I saw Howard Cosell on the street, on a street corner, and I, I asked him what he was doing there, and he said, "I'm here to interview the champ." And at that moment, uh, Muhammad Ali uh, walked over to Cosell. They both shook hands, and they went into the Fifth Street gym. This is all new to me, even though I was there. And uh, so, I wanted to follow them, and I, I, I ran into Angelo Dundee who I knew because I read about him. I knew what he looked like. And uh, I said, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd like to go in and take some photos. And they said, he said, well, you can't go in unless you pay a dollar to enter. And I said, it just came out of my mouth because at that point I was just a family photographer. I took pictures of my wife, my kids, and anybody who uh, was basically part of uh, my family. And uh, so he invites uh Angelo invites me into the gym, uh, and then he says, "You can, you, you, where's your dollar? And I said, it just came out of my mouth. I said, I'm the photographer of Madison Square Garden. And um, it, he looks at me, and he, he knows I'm not the photographer of Madison Square Garden. He looks at me, and he says, okay, comedian, come on in. So I'm in the gym, and I got my camera, and um, I'm looking in the camera, and I, I see Ali's face. And that was that was like um, that was a big that was a big deal for me to be uh, in the same place, same room, same gym with Ali. But I took photos, and um, I 
I went to the Miami Herald because Ali was the top of the news that day. And they took my film and they uh, developed it. They put it over the wire service. And the next day, one of my pictures is all over the world. So I, um, I, I was pretty impressed. And I, uh, I went to uh, Madison Square Garden and I spoke to John F.X. Condon. And Condon said, if you have the chutzpah to come to me with one roll of film to be a photographer of the garden, I have the chutzpah to hire you. And that's how I became the photographer of the New York Knicks and the Rangers and, and uh, Madison Square Garden. It's such a different time. It, it, it's so amazing. You would have a long-time relationship with and friendship with Muhammad Ali. And you went on to chronicle the build-up to the fight of the century. Ali Frazier won in all of Ali's garden fights after that. How did that bond between the two of you help you to capture some of the most iconic photographs of Muhammad Ali? Well, sometimes, you know, chemistry is really important. When you win a championship in any sport, you know, you have to have chemistry on the team. And um, I same in photography. Um, it, it's the chemistry between the photographer and the subject that he's taking. It could be that you just met this person for the first time or you knew the person all your life. Um, Ali and I had chemistry and he, he loved what I was doing and I loved what he was doing. He, he actually did several sketches, which you may have seen. They, they've been publicized. He liked to draw airplanes and things like that. But as long as he, he wrote his name on it, that was, that was really valuable. And, but uh, Ali and I became friendly because we understood each other and we, we started to, you look at somebody and you, you, you don't even have to talk anymore. You just know what someone's thinking and what you want to do. And uh, he was just, uh, he was a showman. He was a great entertainer too. And he was a great father. He was, uh, but he was most importantly, he said he's a salesman and everything he did, he wanted to sell tickets. And um, so we, I, I had a, uh, being well, I grew up in a retail business, so that was fine with me. But um, we just got to know each other, liked each other a lot, and it was just something that um, I never looked at him as heavyweight champion of the world. He never looked at me as a photographer, and um, as, as such, uh, we looked at each other because we 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 took photography, we we painted, we drew. Um, but most importantly, we spoke about whatever was going on in the day. Mm -hmm. And um, we just, uh, it, the, the, the chemistry, um, you can't say enough about it. And I, he was very instrumental and in motivating for me to take photos uh, of him because he was such a showman. He was such a, a, a person that had, um, he just knew what to do to make people uh, either at ease or, or to move back or um, he had all these, these uh, elements of a, of an actor on, on, on a Broadway stage. Before you captured those famous photos of Ali and Frazier head to head, nose to nose at, at Joe's uh, Philadelphia gym, you actually got in the ring with each of them from one round with your camera. What was that experience like and what were you trying to capture and how difficult was it to achieve? What was I to achieve in what way do you mean? Artistically, there. Oh, okay. Uh, artistically is a key, actually is a key word in what I do because uh, I went to Pratt, I learned design, 
and the learning of design was the biggest thing that I think that um, I think that learning design at Pratt was the, one of the biggest things that happened for my career because you can't you really can't take consistently good pictures unless you know design. You know how what the elements are, how to, how to do a composition. If you have a simple paper and you're writing a composition that maybe only takes a page or two, you need design to go to, 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 to make that flow through. And there's design in everything uh, that's artistic. Uh, there's design in music, there's design in drawing, there's design in painting, and um, it goes on. And uh, I, I just, I, I knew the elements of design well because I learned them well. George, this is A.J. Carvey. You revolutionized boxing photography and, to some extent, sports photography in general by looking to shoot the athletes outside of their fields of play. So can you tell our audience about the shots you took of Roberto Duran as he trained in the Catskills, about how you came to shoot first Emil Griffith and then Joe Frazier nude in the shower? Well, Joe Frazier was really um, a, a hell of a friend. Joe was probably the most honest man I ever met I don't say that's necessarily a good thing, but um, in terms of Joe being so honest, because uh, sometimes you can be too honest and uh, you let take people you let people take advantage of you. Um, and Joe's case, he had a lot of that, but he was so loyal as a friend. I think he was the most loyal friend, uh, most loyal, honest friend that I could ever have. So, how do you end up taking pictures of him in the shower? Well. I was the shower was something that was interesting to me beyond uh, the fact it was Joe Frazier. Um, uh, using artistic elements um, like water, um, you can create a lot of art with water, arty pictures with water. Um, I mean, you can just see how water flows down a stream. I saw how water flowed off Joe's face. So the shower became important not only to Joe, but I think I photographed almost every every boxer that I photographed, which was quite a lot. And um, I, I like to take them in the shower because I was able to get the drops of water, which created uh, an abstract picture. So, and that's, that's, what we, uh, that's what my goal was, to get nice abstract pictures. I mean, well, well before your time, as you think about it, ESPN does annually the body issue where right. it's a bunch of the athletes nude. You know, it's also interesting to me because a photographer, as a photographer, you're more able to capture the true moment, the true essence of an athlete or a performer. Whereas sports writers add some of their interpretations of the moment. Sometimes um, they, you know, might cause the subject, the athlete, to have negative feelings towards them. It seems the opposites with opposite with photographers, as because you're really just capturing them. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why you're able to maintain so many relationships with players, including several Knicks who will join you uh, in the Hall of Fame, like Willis Reed, Bill Bradley, and Clyde Frazier. How did those relationships help you get shots? Like, for instance, the iconic Jerry Lucas, Walt Clyde Frazier, Willis Reed, Phil Jackson, and Bill Bradley locker room shot, or the Willis Reed dramatic entrance in the finals? Well, luck is I've been pretty well blessed. I mean, luck is a very important part of this. Um, you, 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 you're in a certain position, like I was when it, this whole thing started with a coach style, and uh, 
you 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 just find yourself in in the right position. Luckily, in the right position and right situation. So I do use I do say that luck is a tool that uh, is very important to me. However, you can reverse the situation with a picture and why I was in the right place at the right time. And when the Knicks won the champion, you know, prior minutes prior to when you uh, when you look at that picture of uh, the five guys in the locker room with their hands up in victory, and you think about the I thought about the beginning of the game. And as it was about to start, and Bill Bradley says, um, uh, I want you to concentrate on me at the very end of the game because I'm going to jump on Willis Reed and I'm gonna, uh, we're going to have a really good time. <laughs> and that was unusual for Bradley to speak that way. But at the end of the game, with about five seconds to go, ten seconds to go, I, I started to get ready for that. And I don't see anything that relates to what Bill's talking about. And then all of a sudden, the Knicks win, and um, there was still three seconds to go of the game, of the game as Bill says. But um, I photographed Bill jumping on Willis, and I probably could not have done that if I didn't know it was going to happen. So that begs the other question. You've witnessed so many great moments in sports. As we just mentioned, the 70s uh, finals, Knicks defeat the Lakers for the first NBA championship. The 86 World Series Mets against the Red Sox. The 94 Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Wayne Gretzky's final game, the Subway Series of 2000. As the seconds tick down and you're not sure where the final moment is going to take place, is there like a, a moment of anxiety and pressure? Like I, I can't fat like the athlete is in the moment. You, you're sitting there. You, you, your job is to capture it. I can't imagine how much pressure that is. And how do you deal with that? Um, I never felt the pressure. What I felt is I got to get the shot. And I, whatever the situation might be, and I knew that I had a, people like ask me, what is it that you do to prepare for the game? What is it that you're looking for? Well, I'm looking for something that I don't know what it is. And that's, that's actually harder to do. I'm, I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for something that someone told me ahead of time. I mean, the Bradley situation is different because uh, that's unusual that he, he, he would say that. And that I was able to get that shot because mostly um, I am not in a position. I mean, you're not in a position to say uh, you, you know know exactly what's going to happen. So again, you have the luck and you have the uh, opportunity to photograph uh, somebody uh, or some people or the group. It could be the whole crowd. Um, you have the opportunity to photograph when. Uh, when you, when you really don't know what's going to happen, but you just go with the flow. Jesse Orozco on his knees was facing me in the right and, and facing the right direction when I got that shot. I was luck. I, I, uh, Orozco was facing the other way when he started off, and I, I said, oh, no, I'm not going to get that shot. Then he turns around in a split second, and I get the shot, which was my favorite baseball play, uh, my favorite baseball picture. But... Um, I, you know, I, 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 you said that I'm, you know, I'm worried about, I, I have pressure on me. I, I consider it a lot of fun and part of the game. And I, uh, I, I hope there's 5,000 phot photographers of the game because I know that I'm going to get the best shot. Was there ever a big moment that you missed, you know, that you just didn't have the proper angle and that you regret? Or the wrong lens? You're raising or... a very 
raising a very good question because I don't think that I missed any shot that was uh, at least got some part of it that um, I don't think there's any shot that I really missed totally. And I've been very, I'm very lucky to, uh, to be in that situation where luck goes my way. You've also photographed every major music icon of the last half century. How does you know, that differ from sports? And does the fact that, you know, at the Garden, most of those artists come in for, you know, a three, four night engagement. So maybe if you're there for the first show, you kind of know at what point in the concert Bruce Springsteen might crowd surf or Pete Townsend might destroy his guitar. Does that help? And, and, you know, what are the different, the major differences between, you know, a sporting event and, and a musical concert? There really isn't much. I've thought about that a lot and I thought about it while I was doing it. There is not much difference between photographing Mick Jagger or uh, Willie Mays. You know, the big difference is Willie Mays just knows how to go after a fly ball better than Mick Jagger. Um, <laughs> and he's probably younger, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The key to the whole thing is the emotion and the feeling. And what is the, what is the shot of the night? And that really is what I'm getting at when I say it doesn't matter if it's baseball or basketball. You need to get in somewhere in that game, somewhere in the in the concert, somewhere in whatever venue you're doing. Uh, you you're gonna have a great. You should have a great shot. If if not a great shot, then you're gonna have the best possible moment that 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 uh, event will bring to you. And you know, Sinatra once told me that. Um, you, you haven't performed unless you performed on the Garden Stage. And it's he, he he's so right that uh, everybody wants to uh, everyone everyone wants to be in the garden and to perform there and to photograph these people uh, the entertainers and the athletes and the political and uh, people and the Pope and religious people like there you have a, you have all kinds of things of, uh, sort of tools of, and toys that you play with. You have to put them together into a good photograph. So, you know, you mentioned Sinatra. Of the many celebrities you, you shot over the years, it seems you had a special relationship with Sinatra. How did that come about, and what's your favorite Sinatra story? I have a lot of Sinatra stories, but the shortest one is when I, he came into my office one day, uh, and he, extended, he I didn't know him at the time. And uh, he just walked into my office, he extended his hand, and he said, Hi, I'm Frank Sinatra, I hear you're a great photographer, and I want you to tell me all you know about photography in five minutes. And that five minutes turned out to be lunch at Patsy's, and then uh, at the end of three hours, I was, uh, I couldn't, I, I think I told him everything I knew. and But he told me everything he knew, so to speak. And uh, we just had a great time at lunch. And we talked a lot about photography, but we also talked about his personal life. And somehow it just happened very quickly that uh, that we we got into those kind of conversations. And he was uh, he was he, he he was really terrific for uh, around 40 years of my life. He was a great friend, and I will always treasure the things I learned from him. Like you have to be loyal. That's where Joe Frazier's situation comes in. Sinatra taught me loyalty, and that was uh, that was important. And I, I learned I learned from everybody. I, I try to learn from everybody, 
and I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm the know-it-all. And I enjoy learning. And Sinatra, who happens to be, he's somebody that is a perfectionist. He learns, too, because he that's what he wants to do. He wants to learn how to, uh, like when he came into my office to uh, learn photography, we spent a lot of time after that. And he he picked it up really well because he wanted to be a perfectionist at, at, at that. And uh, his dream was always to be the heavyweight champion of the world. He couldn't be that. And he had a concert called the main event. And that's what it took the place of the heavyweight champion, of the bout as heavyweight champion of the world. He was the heavyweight crooner of the world. Uh, he had this concert called the main event, Sinatra. It was his rendition of of, of, uh, having a fight. So perhaps your most unusual book came about almost 20 years ago. And it was called Rabbis, the Many Faces of Judaism. And includes stories and photos of 100 leading influential rabbis. So as we approach Rosh Hashanah tomorrow night, can you tell our audience how the book came about and what you learned from that effort? I was always interested in rabbis. Uh, a lot more interested in rabbis than um, um, other people in other walks of life because I thought that the rabbis had the answers. And I was always, uh, as I alluded to before, I was always looking for answers. I always was. I was always trying to find out what makes this happen and why this went on. And uh, so I, I, I went with my grandfather every Friday night to services. Uh, and as well as uh, Saturday morning, and but it was the Friday night services that I really liked to sit with him because the rabbi gave his big speech, and uh, while well, he did that on Saturday also, it just seemed like that was more important on Friday night, and so uh, I learned from them, and uh, as time went on, I got to uh, get the idea that maybe I, I can do a book on rabbis because I looked and I saw there, no one really ever did a book on rabbis before. So I traveled all over the world taking pictures of rabbis and um, it was a great experience and it was uh, an experience that you, you start realizing that rabbis are like anybody else. They're not different. And uh, they... Uh, they were. It's a very interesting group of people, but um, I'm I'm not religious as such, but I I'm a I'm a, an observer of Judaism and um, and I believe in God, and I um, feel that this is a good moment to say that. It's hey. also an amazing cover too. If you it, the, yeah. the cover alone is worth the price of the book. You know, since 1966, how have the advancements in equipment change the way you work, and what are some of the major differences in the way the final products come out because of the new equipment? Well, the biggest thing that happened was uh, coming about of the digital camera. Uh, for example, you had things like uh, automatic focusing. I had a focus as well as every other photographer had a focus, <laughs> and when you had a, a lot of things happened that were pretty quick, uh, so it wasn't that easy to focus. And then... Uh, you have other aspects of uh, of the camera, and then the digital comes along. And any, uh, I remember photographing uh, a three-year-old and or four-year-old, and kids in the, they, the kids thought it was so much fun to see they they're, they're actually in the camera. 
So uh, you couldn't fool anybody at that point because uh, everybody you photographed, uh, let me see, let me see. They don't do it as much today, but um, the selfies or or what uh, is a big deal. So before we let you go, um, you mentioned about the Jesse Orozco being maybe your favorite baseball picture. What is, is there one photograph that's your absolute favorite? I've, I've thought about that many times. And people have asked me that many times, but I have had the ability, luck, again, I have had the privilege of being in a place like Madison Square Garden or, or City Field or Yankee Stadium or uh, any of the places that they, where people perform. I am just privileged to be able to take so many different things. I don't think I would like it as I don't think I'd like what I'm doing as much as if I had to take just one thing. Like if someone assigned me to Ali, is I think Ali is probably one of the greatest uh, subjects to photograph. And but I don't know if I feel that way if I only if I could only photograph Muhammad Ali if I was if I was if I was put in a situation where that's the only person I can photograph or. Uh, I, I think the only advantage that someone would have photographing uh, just one person, so to speak, would be the president of the United States. And I saw the the uh, the White House photographer and his uh, his the documentary oh, they did fabulous. on him, which yeah. was absolutely fabulous. Yep. Uh, I actually cried after I I I saw it because I know that what he I know what he went through. I know how quick you have to be and how dedicated you have to be and nothing stands in your way from getting the shot. So before we let you go, the one thing I was thinking about, um, two weeks ago I saw the Van Gogh exhibit and I was thinking, you know, when I was doing the research for this interview, how cool if they did something, because you have so many photographs, that would be an, uh, an absolute awesome exhibit and I think every sports fan would, would definitely pay to see that. So I, I think, you know, you should talk to your agent about that because that would be something amazing. I actually life. had several large exhibits and one of them was at the uh, um, New York Historical Society yeah. and that was a pretty big new, uh, exhibit I had and I, I remember feeling that on one, on the other side of the wall up where my pictures hung, was Picasso's a Picasso <laughs> exhibit, and I'm saying to myself, it doesn't get any better than this. That uh, I, I'm I'm on one side of the wall, and Picasso's on the other side of the wall, oh, and is- uh, it was a, it was a really uh, well, it was a large and, and good exhibit that I shared with Leroy Neiman. It was uh, I was I was very happy with that and very uh, uh, touched. That, that's certainly that's great a, company a right there. Man. But the Picasso thing was terrific. Yeah. So, uh, in closing, I have to say, being a Ranger and Met fan my entire life, I must have seen tens of thousands of George Colincy photographs in, in my Met and Ranger programs that my dad would get me at every game. Uh, so, this was an absolute you know, thrill and privilege for us. I want to congratulate you on the Kurt Gowdy Award, and thanks so much for your time tonight. More importantly, thank you for capturing the magic that only happens at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and pleasure to be on with you guys, and I hope we do it again.